After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. He is headlined as a powerhouse in the corporate scene in Hawaii. Described by his peers as one who doesn't follow trends in the industry, but sets them, this Hawaii-born leader has rapidly traveled the high road to professional success. He was a special assistant to United States Attorney, Department of Justice, and was a law clerk for the District Court of Northern Mariana Islands. Throughout his career, he has received a number of significant awards and was named to the Hall of Honor at the University of Hawaii's College of Business Administration the same year he received the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, President and Chief Executive Officer of AIG, Robin Campaniano. Welcome to our show, Robin. Great. Thank you for having me. Robin, can you tell us about AIG and also what your position is as CEO? Well, right now I'm the Chief Executive Officer of AIG Hawaii and several other related entities, American Pacific Insurance Company, 50th State Risk Management Company, Hawaii Insurance Consultants, um, mostly around insurance and different facets of insurance. So have you always been in insurance? No, actually, before coming here, Evan, I had no background in insurance at all. Um, I was a state insurance commissioner immediately before this, and before that I was practicing law. So it's quite coincidental that I ended up here. So what do you think made them choose you to represent their company and to be the CEO? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> I sort of wish I did. Um, but when I decided to leave the, the position as insurance commissioner, I thought I'd go back and practice law. Uh, and several insurance companies came calling and asked me if I'd be interested in joining them. And at that time, I thought, no, I think I'd rather go practice law. I don't want to be an insurance company's attorney. It just didn't seem right. But several of the offers were to run insurance companies. And I thought, well, that's a nice place to start. Start at the top. <laughs> Uh, I know how to regulate insurance companies. I don't know anything about how to operate one, but I'd give it a try for uh, a couple of years and see how I did. What was the hardest thing about moving from law to the insurance commissioner to CEO? It, I think the challenges of every single job um, were at times insurmountable, but you just got to plug through. I, I can't look to any one facet of it, Evan. Uh, moving from career to career always presents different challenges. I think, I think I've used every single bit of my experience and my education to try to help me not screw up on the job no matter where I've been. So you went to law school, but for your uh, main degree, what was your major in? My undergraduate degree was in liberal studies. I studied um, cross-generational, uh, multi-ethnic -eth uh, studies. You know, this was the 60s and the 70s where you could take any kind of course. So I, I, I was very knowledgeable with uh, ethnic studies that, you know, as, as it, it was then defined. And um, I could talk at great lengths about Japanese literature and compare in, uh, modern Japanese um, writers to um, turn-of-the-century Russian writers. You know, very relevant thing for the job I'm doing now. What is it that you wanted to do with that degree, though? 
oh, I wanted to save the world. I wanted to go join the Peace Corps. I wanted to be a translator at the United Nations. I wanted to um, just travel and be a social worker or perhaps a teacher. I had no idea uh, what I really wanted to do at that, at that point. But it was a lot of fun trying to figure out what I was going to do. How did you get involved in going to law school? It, w it was quite funny because a good friend of mine at the time uh, essentially told me, let's go take the LSAT. Well, what is that? Well, it's the test you need to go to law school. And someone, as a, a, almost as a lark, I decided to take the LSAT. And he got me interested in going to law school. So I went. Wait, you, did you study for the test or you just took the test? Um, I think we went out and got drunk the night before and that relaxed me. Um, that's about the uh, length of my preparation for that's the like LSAT. one of the hardest tests you can take, that's why. Oh, I don't know. I guess I was pretty numb to it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying he's naturally intelligent. No, 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 no. I just took the test. Perhaps it was a lot easier then to get into law school. So, so once you got into um, going to law school, you knew that that was a path you wanted to take. And what law did you focus on? Well, what was really interesting, too, was my, my roommate at the time wanted to go into business. He was going to be a corporate lawyer, a tax lawyer all the way. I was going to be the trial lawyer. I was going to go to court and be the next... Oh, L.A. Law, Perry Mason, you know, pick a, pick a role model. And in classes, he, he excelled in corporate taxation and courses like that. Uh, in classes, I excelled at trial practice and, and things like that. Um, ratchet forward 30-something years later, um, he does trials, and I'm totally in business. We've just crisscrossed totally. So I just, you know, we, we, you never, never really know sometimes where you're going to end up. Did you end up working for a firm here in town, or did you end up working in the mainland? Well, when I graduated law school in 1976, it was at the time, uh, the mo well, it, it, in 1976 had the most law graduates ever in America's history at that time. And so most of my class did not have jobs. Out of the 142 uh, members of my graduating class, uh, at graduation, only a handful had jobs. and. Very fortunately, um, when I had applied for a job back home uh, with the Supreme Court, Justice Menor at that time said, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have a job for you, uh, but I've referred your resume to, uh, Deputy, uh, to Attorney General Ron Amamiya, and he's agreed to take you on. Had it not been for Ben Menor, uh, and you may recognize him as uh, Senator Ron Menor's father, uh, I, would not, I, I would not have come back to Hawaii. There were no jobs. After coming back, my law school colleagues who were from Hawaii, uh, very few of them could find a job within the first few months, or actually for the first year, a steady job within the first year of graduation. So I was just extremely fortunate to be able to come back. What did those people do then if they didn't get a job? Oh, they were, they were working part-time, uh, they were studying for the bar, um, they did not have an offer of full-time employment like me. So I was just really lucky. And then when did you get the inkling that, uh, I've had enough of law, I'm going to move on? Well, I still like the law. To me, it's very fascinating. I love the TV shows when they, you know, the, the Boston Legal and all of that. Uh, however, when I was working for the Small Business Administration as the attorney there, I was very much intrigued with the business side of the equation. And so that's when I went back to school and got my MBA. And that sort of intrigued me. When I was at the SBA, I sort of transition from being the attorney for the SBA to be the administrator for the Small Business Administration. And that gave me sort of a, a different feel on where I could end up. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. 
After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Radio.com. We're back with Robin Campaniano, President and Chief Executive Officer of AIG Hawaii Insurance Company. What kind of advice would you give other lawyers out there that maybe want to switch over into the corporate world? You know, it's really funny. I know some of your guests uh, have been prior att reformed attorneys, as we call them. And every time I look at some of my colleagues, there's Faye Curran, who runs Hawaii Dental Service, and Mitch Dolier of uh, Kaneohe Ranch, and David Carey of Outrigger Hotels. We all have um, a big black mark in our resume. That's We're all former attorneys, and it's, it's kind of fun. I think law gives, a law degree gives people a wonderful advantage to find different venues to showcase their talents. And people who go into law often use it as a stepping point, a stepping off point for degrees other, for, for occupations other than law. And certainly uh, I would encourage that because that, that was sort of my, my path as well. So when you stepped into the position of CEO, what was the most surprising thing for you? Uh, how much control that a CEO really has. Uh, and by the same token, and this may sound kind of contradictory, how little control a CEO has over the affairs of an organization. As a lawyer, often, often you know, you're trained to do things by yourself. You're, you're, you're in center stage, you're, you're taking the trial, you're interviewing the witness, you're running your own show. However, in an organization where you've got several people, or several hundred people, uh, you can't do every single function. And thus, the CEO has to be a leader, a, a visionary, a guide, rather than a, a doer. What do you think are the most important characteristics to lead a successful organization to be a successful CEO? It comes down to integrity. It comes down to honesty, without which you can never operate uh, as, a, as, as any kind of leader in government, in the nonprofit sector, uh, or in the for-profit sector. And you just can't operate in this town without being a person of honesty and integrity. When you first came in as CEO, you came in from outside the company. Was there resistance from inside the company because they didn't promote somebody from within? Well, I was sort of oblivious to a lot of that, I think. I think the people that uh, hired me knew that there was going to be a gap between my arrival and the previous CEO's departure. So that allowed for some some of the turmoil to settle down. Uh, I don't think I felt very much of it at all. What was it like for you stepping into the CEO position? Coming from government, it was uh, it, it was it was it was different. You know, coming from a fairly creative entrepreneurial background, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, I I think that within the first few months of 
of, of taking office, of sitting down in the chair, I probably applied every single course that I took, uh, undergraduate, law school, business school, non-credit course. I had to rely on every facet of my education and training to be able to run a company. What was the most creative thing that you've done while at AIG? Oh, I can't choose. But can, can I give you a couple? Yeah, give a few. Sure. Well, in 1998, when we started advertising on television, uh, I don't think anybody really was. Uh, and other executives from the insurance industry would walk up to me on the street and say, well, what are you doing? We don't ad advertise in this business. I did. It was fairly successful, a little thing like that. We've tweaked our product a little bit. Uh, we've added new products. Um, in um, 1993 or 90, 1994, someone came to me and said, I've got a million dollars worth of insurance, but I need an insurance company to rewrite the business. Can you do it? And I said, well, yeah, sure, not knowing what that meant. Um, and uh, went back and talked to my people, and they said, yeah, we could, we could redo this. We could program our computers and you know, do all the necessary regulatory filings. Yeah, I'll take us, you know, we can expedite in 90 days. So I went back and asked that guy, well, yeah, we can, we can expedite we do it really quickly. When do you need it done? He said, in three weeks. Well, we did it in three weeks. And it took a little creative juices and a little bit of effort and finding ways to ask why not rather than why, and we pulled it off. There are a lot of little things like that that we've tweaked at, uh, at our company uh, that have been fairly creative. You know, without giving away a lot of trade secrets, we do a lot of things that are quite different from what I see anybody else. If you look at my organization today too, when, when I started um, we were a, a good but fairly small insurance company. I've over doubled the size. Uh, we sold automobile insurance and homeowners insurance. Now we sell about nine lines of, uh, of insurance. Uh, I've got a operation that manages captive insurance companies. I've got another operation that sells human resources services. I've got another operation that's developing software. Now, if you had asked me when I joined AIG, you know, you know, hey, what about the idea of getting into a software development company? I would have thought these people were nuts, but that's where we are right now. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Robin Campaniano, President and Chief Executive Officer of AIG Hawaii Insurance Company. As you were trying to develop as a leader, who were key mentors that were teaching you how to be a better leader and a better person at the same time? Uh, you know, I can't look to any one individual. 
Uh, I've looked to a lot of different people uh, with whom I've had the privilege to work with and who I've had the honor to provide guideposts for me. Uh, I look to people such as Rana Mamiya, my first, uh, my first uh, boss. I look to uh, Judge Alfred Loretta, the first um, district federal judge in the Northern Marianas uh, with whom I, I was privileged to serve as his attorney. You know, I, I look to lead, current leaders such as Walter Dodds, you know, just by uh, the way he operates in town, the way he, he handles himself. I'm a very honest man, very ethical person. Uh, I read snippets of conversations, I read a lot, and uh, I just get inspiration from so many different uh, uh, people. Um, and it doesn't have to be someone older than me. You know, I think the world of uh, some of the young, young people I see coming up through the ranks of, of business and what they've done, how courageous they've been. I look to people like Tad Fujikawa, who has just floored me with his, uh, with his humility, his humbleness, and his just love of the game. So I, I, I look throughout for inspiration and for, uh, for, for ideas. What sticks out as the best advice that you received, and who did you get that from? Um, from my parents, who said that, you know, you, when you wake up every morning and you make sure you do the right thing. You know, in so many words, and it's been slapped into my head, and perhaps that's a... Uh, you know, that, that's, that's another set of people that have provided me with a lot, my parents. You know. In Hawaii, there seems to be an inferiority complex of some sort. You know, until we go away or until we um, determine that, yes, we have talent, a lot of times we feel like we're not as good as maybe the mainland or other areas. Did you ever have to deal with that? And if you did, how did you get over it? Yeah, it's what uh, former Governor Burns used to call a subtle sense of inferiority. Yes, it's there. It's definitely there. I think a lot of it is just due, due to what we, uh, we feel as a people, that we're not very, very good and we don't like to go crow about our, ourselves or our accomplishments. Uh, you contrast that with, uh, you know, with other cultures and let's, 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 let's consider our predominant culture and, you know, we are part of the United States. Uh, I see a lot of people that are very confident and, and proud of what they've accomplished and they have, um, you know, in, in no uncertain terms, uh, like to talk about it and it, it fuels their sense of, of being. That's not the, the, the culture uh, you know, prevalent here. And so there's a clash at times. Have I felt that? Often. You know, often. Have I seen that? Yes, more often than I like. But for you personally, did you have to go through that? Oh yeah, yeah. But but again, I'm I'm sort of a hybrid too. Um, my father was in the Air Force, and so I spent a lot of time with uh, I mean, away from Hawaii. We we really just came back uh, when I was in, in the eighth grade. So I was I, I I sort of had the exposure to I mean, to life outside of Hawaii, and that that sort of helped colored my position. For people out there who may feel like they have some type of inferiority complex, what kind of advice would you give to them? Get over it. Take, take full stock of the kind of person you are. Understand your strengths and weaknesses. You know, do an honest check. Look in the mirror and see what kind of person you are. Confidence can manifest itself in, 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 in a very quiet sort of way. You know, I look at my father. Uh, I look at my uncles. I look at a lot of people that I've seen in the business community. They don't go out and strut their, their resume. They don't go out and brag about their awards. Um, they go out and do. And that to me is a sort of confidence that I think I would rather see in people and that I, I often see in Hawaii leaders. You know. So have you been inspired to really give back to the community um, by your father? I don't know who I would specifically turn to 
to say that they are uh, they alone. I think it's just part of my being to give to give back. I mean, um, do you breathe? Yes. Do you do? Do you work towards making Hawaii a better place? Yes. And it, so it becomes sort of natural and sort of just part of the equation. Is there any point where you become concerned or worried because you know you're really involved in the community, you're involved with so many community organizations and yet you're leading a successful large local insurance company? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and implicit in that answer is yeah you gotta do it. That's just part of who, who I am. You know, um, my, I, I'm like a lot of other uh, people from Hawaii, you know, we're we're all immigrants uh, to Hawaii. Um, I've got a typical immigrant background where my my grandparents or my great 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 grandparents came to Hawaii to work on plantations and in the fields and, and the like, uh, and they tried to make a better life. And I look upon uh, you know that background and I see where I sit, and I think I've just been very fortunate to be to be where I am. And um, if it weren't for the efforts of a lot of people who brought me here, I wouldn't be, you know, where I am. And the only way I can think about how to repay all those who have helped me, friends, families, others who have chosen to give me a hand, is to continue the work that they've done by paying back, by helping others. And that's just something I have to do. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. We're back with Robin Campaniano, President and Chief Executive Officer of AIG Hawaii Insurance Company. At what point in your life did you decide to really get involved with the nonprofit organization? Uh, well, you know, when I was 18, I was Hawaii's youngest uh, big brother. So perhaps around then I started. And what do you say to the younger generation that's saying, you know, I'm trying to balance college, my social life, and then you want me to volunteer? And then the other generation who's trying to balance their family and their careers and move up the ladder. Mm -hmm. I never ask anybody or force anybody to volunteer. If they don't feel it, they're not going to do it. Balancing life, balancing a career and family uh, 
and throwing on community service on top of that is a very daunting challenge for anybody and I, I, I would not put that on on anybody's back uh, certainly the career and the family are much more important than going to help some, you know, uh, somebody else and if you can't help yourself you're really not going to be able to help somebody else but I noticed that uh, this generation, the upcoming generation, is very adept, very much in, in tune with the concept of uh, reaching out to others, not being really selfish. And I think that will play out in time uh, with people, young people, just stepping to the plate when they have to, when they have the ability. But I would not, I would never ask anybody to sacrifice family to go help some community organization. Why would you say it's important for people to get involved in organizations like YPO or even nonprofit boards? I think the skill level you get, uh, you know, from a very, let's say, um, basic level all the way up to very into high-level strategic management, can be obtained by serving for a nonprofit organization. It doesn't necessarily have to be for a board. It could be a fundraiser or an event or just doing a charity walk. Uh, there are certain things, there are a lot of things that can be learned. So aside from the good feeling you get from really trying to do something to help our community, you can learn an awful lot from participation in some nonprofit organization. And it doesn't have to be looking specifically for a major uh, Aloha United Way sponsored agency. It could be working for somebody's church, your church or your, your child's uh, soccer team. You know, it starts small, it could grow big. And, and these things not only feel very good, but they teach you a lot of organizational skills. And, they, and last thing, it'll give you a lot of good uh, opportunities to meet other people of, of similar sorts. It'll expand your network, to quote an overused term. Would you consider yourself a lucky person? Yes, but I also say that you make your own luck. Yeah. Well, how do you get more lucky then? You work hard and create those opportunities. And, you know, and, and I've got to look back, you know, because I, I don't think I've ever interviewed really for a job. You know, jobs have been just uh, thrown at me. said, hey, we want you to do this. You, you want to do this. And it's not because people are flippantly looking at me and saying, ah, let's just give it to him. There's got to be something there. You know, what it is, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can you rub some of it off on us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you wanted to do when you were growing up as a child? Oh gosh, I don't know. I think I think earlier we talked about me wanting to go save the world by being a photojournalist or a translator for the UN. When I graduated high school, I wanted to cut glass. I wanted to be a glazier. My uncle had a very successful um, I was a I was a very successful contractor who installed glass. I was going to do shower doors and cut glass and put in jalousies and uh, do aluminum frames. That was what I thought I was going to do. Uh, quite frankly, I did not have much encouragement um, from my counselors at high school, and there were very few in my family that had even thought about going to college, much less ending up there. So what would you say so far has been your greatest life accomplishment? My greatest accomplishment? Uh, raising a family and getting them on the right track. You, you want to know what my greatest business accomplishments were? Sure. When I was insurance commissioner, uh, I think I pulled off a, an agreement where states, where the entire state regulation system would no longer allow insurance companies to charge the same rates for insurance policies. Up until the time, up until that time, 
uh, insurance companies would um, go to the commissioner together and say say that we're going to charge X dollars for for this policy, and they would all be the same. That's how insurance companies did business. Uh, we changed that in 1998 in uh, 1988 to make sure that insurance companies had to come up with their own pricing. And I think I was the commission, lead commissioner that was instrumental in pulling off that. So we changed the whole way we made insurance uh, uh, competitive in the entire United States due to committee work that I, I was involved with. Very quiet, very unspoken thing, but uh, I pulled it off. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for joining us today. We thank appreciate you it. for having me. Appreciate that. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.